0: welcome to the knox presbyterian church podcast we're so glad that you're here we hope this resource is a blessing to you let's jump in good morning today's scripture reading comes from the book of ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 9 but god who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boost. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again. So as uh, my fellow parents of school-age children out there know, this last week was a fun one. Uh this last week our school age children had a 5 day weekend. 5 day weekend, not not a 2 day weekend, which is normal and when your kids are little hard enough to make it through sanely sometimes. Not a 3 day weekend, not 4, 5. Five-day weekend last week, school was canceled on Friday. You know, because of the the snow. It's no longer a snow day, but an e-learning day, which I have feelings about, which I will not go into today. Uh, but that happened Friday, Saturday, Sunday, of course. Then Martin Luther King Day was on Monday, and then Tuesday was yet another beloved e-learning day. Five. Day weekend, it was too much. It was too many days, too much time at home. Can I get an amen from my fellow parents? Thank you for being a little bit unPresbyterian, but that's a called for reason. It's too much time at home, mostly because of how cold it was outside. I love summer. I'd take a five-day weekend in the summer all the time. Go to the pool, go to the lake, let's get out of the house, but not when it's negative everything outside you're stuck inside. We were all stuck inside together. And my three kids, the two youngest, mostly, I will say, got uh, rather snippy with each other. They, They started to bicker with one another. They started to get annoyed with one another. And all the times where they got snippy and short and annoyed with one another, they came to us they came to us to entertain them. They came to us to, uh, to mediate things for them. They came to us because they, they wanted attention. And, and nearly every time, particularly the younger two, anything came up of any ma- matter that they wanted our attention or mediation for, we heard the phrase from one, if not both of them at the same time, that's not fair, right? We know this phrase from our children, that's not fair. You let her do that, that's not fair. She got that, that's not fair, but he did that. That's not fair over and over and over again. And I will say it was driving me a little crazy, but I I do know that that's just something children do, right? I I tolerate it, or at least I try because I know they're, they're young. They're children, they're, that's what their little still developing brains just have to focus on. That's a, a developmental stage in the process of growing to become an adult. And so when they come at me and they yell, they want things to be fair, I try to be patient because I know that they're children, that's what they do. And then came Monday. Monday night, to be specific, Uh, we were all uh, in the kitchen, uh, me and Dave, our three kids, my mom and my sister, and the kids, especially the younger two, were just at each other, and Dave, trying to kind of make light of it, turns to my mom and he's like, "You know, Becca and her sister were never like this when they were kids, were they? And of course we were, that's not the point. Uh, What happened (laughs) in that moment is my mom got rather thoughtful. She said, "Well, they were," and I just still I look back and I feel so bad because I feel like I kind of favored Becca and I wasn't fair to Kristen. And when I tell you how quickly my blood began to boil, <laughs> and all of me became this like former eight-year-old self, and I wanted to whip around to my mom, I'm like, no, "No, no, no, that's not fair!" But I said it on the inside because I'm an adult. <laughs> it's not just the kids. We all want things to be fair. At our jobs, we want to be treated fairly. At work, at school, we want teachers who will teach and grade us fairly. At home, with our parents, no matter how old we get, we all want things to be fair. Or do we? As we jump in our message today, I have some good news and I have some bad news. And I'll start with the bad news first. It's easier to get through that first. The bad news is the kingdom of God is not fair. It's not. So if you were coming here hoping for a little pick-me-up message to say everything in the kingdom of God is going to be fair, sorry, it's not. But I have some good news too. And the good news is that the kingdom of God is not fair fair. And you know what? That might be the best news you hear all day. This winter, we're spending time learning what the kingdom of God is like. And the person that we're learning that from is Jesus. We're learning through the stories that Jesus told. We call them parables. Jesus' parables are short stories that paint compelling pictures of what the kingdom of God is like. And so, as we look at one of Jesus' parables today, one of the things we're going to learn is the absolutely bad news and good news that the kingdom of God is not fair. So let's jump in. If you have your Bible or a Bible app, you can read along with me. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 1. But as we turn to God's word together, I invite you to pray holy, living, loving God. We ask that through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, these words might be your word to us today. Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts to what we need to hear from you. And hearing it, may we be transformed more and more into your likeness and image. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went away early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about 9 o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. So I'm going to pause here for a moment. At one level, this picture that Jesus is painting is completely ordinary. It's a picture of people standing around waiting for work. It's something people did in Jesus' day. It's something people do in our day. You'll see sometimes. I I remember driving past a lumber yard when I I worked out in the Redwood uh, area of California. People every morning would stand outside that lumber yard waiting to get work. That's something people did. It's something people do. It's completely ordinary. But as is true of many of Jesus' parables, there's some details in this story that are very out of the ordinary. They would have struck Jesus' listeners more than us, because most of us aren't familiar with a world like his, but it is in and through these strange details that Jesus is teaching us what the kingdom of God is like. So the first strange thing I want to call your attention to is the process by which this landowner hires his workers. He goes out five times at 6 a.m., at 9 a.m., at noon, 3 p.m., and 5. And, and we read that and we go, well, I mean, maybe he just had more work to do than he expected. So he, he kept having to go out. But in Jesus' day, this was weird. This was just not something that was done. Second thing that's strange is that this landowner went out to bring in workers, not just at six and nine and noon, but three, and really, most strangely, five. Jesus' listeners in that day, they would have known that the workday went from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So five, that's the 11th hour. Any of you grow up uh, procrastinators? Do you ever have a parent scold you for saying, why, 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 why do you always put things off to the 11th hour? Did anyone ever say that to you? Or you say that to to someone else? The 11th hour is the last minute. It is the last possible minute. It is as late in the process as you can get. That's this five o'clock hour. There's only 60 minutes left in this work day. Most people would think it's too late. There's no more work left for us. And yet... Even now, there's still these workers being brought in. This is odd. Third strange thing in this story is the one who's actually going out to hire the laborers. Again, we don't necessarily catch this, but Jesus' first listeners certainly did. It was strange that it was the landowner. See, everyone listening to Jesus' story would have known that at 6 a.m., this landowner, he would have still been asleep, very comfortable in his bed. 9 a.m., he would have just been waking up, but only because his servants were bringing him breakfast in bed. Noon, he's on his second or third mimosa. That's the job of the landowner, and he probably did it really well, but not this landowner. This landowner is the one going out into the marketplace to hire his workers, and that's weird. Because everyone would have have known in that system, the landowner is here, the laborers are here, and never the two shall meet. So listen, it's important to know that Jesus isn't just telling stories here. He's trying to communicate a message. Jesus is trying to help us understand the culture of God's kingdom. So in these strange details, even before we get to the main point of Jesus' story, we have some really important lessons we can learn about what the kingdom of God is like. And the first one is this. In the kingdom of God, God pursues us. God pursues us. A lot of people, when they think about God, you know, a God being of some sort, they they tend to think of a, a distant holy being sitting on a a fancy throne somewhere way, way off in a distant land. And the only way to get close to this kind of God is by making yourself right with him. We get close to God by what we do. We do the right things, believe the right things. We take the initiative ourselves, and if we do that, maybe this God will have something to do with us. But in this story, the landowner is the God figure. And in God's kingdom, God does not stay back in his majesty and glory waiting for us. He actually makes the long journey out to the square where we are waiting to have some kind of purpose in life. And God pursues us. Historically, this has been called the doctrine of the Incarnation. If you've been around church for a while, you may have heard that phrase. The, the doctrine in, of the incarnation tells us that in Christ, God came to us. That God didn't stay far away in heaven, but God became a person. And God did that so that God could come to us, so that God could pursue us. So this is true. For you, whoever you are, whatever kind of journey you have been on, God is pursuing us. God is pursuing you. That's the first thing that Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of God. Here's the second thing. And it's in the strangeness of how often the landowner goes out to bring in the workers. Jesus teaches us that in the kingdom of God, God pursues us relentlessly. God doesn't just come once and that's your only chance. I'm like, oh, well, if you miss it, you miss it. No. Like the landowner in this story, God is ready to come again and again and again to each and every one of us. And for each and every one of us, it happens in different ways at different times. Some of us are 6 a.m.ers. Right? Some of us can remember back when, when we were young, how, how wonderful, how good it felt to come to understand, to realize God's love for us in Jesus Christ. I can remember, distinctly remember those moments. There was one when I was six. Another time when I was 13, another when I was 16, when it just hit me, it became real to me how much God loved me and wanted to have a relationship with me and gave me that invitation to say yes to his invitation of love. That felt so good. Some of us, it happens like that. It happens at that 6 a.m. hour when we're young. Some of us, it's more 9 o'clock or noon. It happens more in your, your college years or, or your young adult years where you hear that invitation from God to come and to be part of his kingdom. That's Dave's story. He was baptized when he was a freshman in college. For others, it's not till three. And maybe even for some of you, it's not until the five o'clock hour of your life. It is the 11th hour when God comes to you and says, I am still inviting you. Listen, if you think, oh, it, it, it's too, too late, too, too much of my life has already passed me by, you're wrong. If you think, not only has too much of my life passed me by, but too much has happened in that life, too much bad, too much wrong, too much about me that, that God could never come to me, God, could, God would never want to invite me, you're wrong. God will not give up. God will never give up. It is not too late. There is nothing bad you could do that God would not stop coming to you, pursuing you, relentlessly inviting you. God pursues us relentlessly for a purpose. That's the third thing we learn about God's kingdom from Jesus' story. God pursues us for a purpose. God has work for us to do. I think this is what Jesus is trying to help us understand. God is like this landowner who's coming to us, pursuing us. God comes in Jesus incarnate. He's coming over and over again. It is never too late, but it's all for the purpose of inviting us into his vineyard to get to work. God has a purpose for us, for all of us. There is nobody in here who can say, oh, it's, it's too late. Or, or I don't know enough, or I got to get my act together first. No, in the telling of this story, Jesus is making it clear. In God's kingdom, God has work for everyone. That work is our purpose. Now, I don't know what that looks like for each and every one of you individually. That'd be a great sermon series sometime. How we learn that, how we come to understand the unique calling that God places on each and and every one of our individual lives to be part of the work that God is doing, building his kingdom here on earth. I don't know what that looks like for you individually, but what I do know is, is that God himself the one who created all things, has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ and that same God has work for you to do. God has a purpose for you. God pursues us relentlessly for a purpose. Now, Dave and I seem to have struck a deal with you all that our sermons tend to be three points so I could stop there. You know, that would be fair, right? Three points were done. We could all just go to brunch. But Jesus' story isn't done. And for those of you who have heard this story, you know that the, where this is going. You know where this is, starts to get a little tough. This is where things start to seem unfair. So we're going to keep going. Going back to Matthew 20, starting at verse 8. Jesus said, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. So again, here, the story's a little weird. The landowner does a strange thing. The, the work day ends, it's time to settle up, it's time to pay the workers for their day of work. And everyone would expect, you know, first in, first out. Those who came in first to do their work would get paid first and sent on their way and the people after that and after that, that's what they would expect, fair's fair. But then the landowner tells the manager to pay the last people first and they get a whole denarius. For one hour's work, they get paid for 12. And everyone in line behind them can see it, and they start to get excited because this can only mean one thing. They think, oh, I mean, he told us he'd pay us a denarius a day, but maybe we misheard him. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe it's like a denarius an hour, and they start adding it up, and they get excited. But then here's what happens. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received it in Arius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. You know, Jesus' ultimate goal is to teach us about the kingdom of God, but His way of doing that also includes teaching us a little bit about the kingdom of us. The kingdom of me. The kingdom of you. And in the kingdom of us, Jesus knows that we want things to be fair. And how do we determine what's fair? Well, we compare. We compare to determine what's fair. These last started, worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, the workers complained. You made them equal to us, and they are not equal to us. They are not as hardworking as us. They are not as diligent as us. They're not as faithful, as long-suffering as us. They didn't put in as much time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears as us. They are not equal to us. It's funny. You know, had those workers who were hired first had been paid first, had they received the one denarius they agreed on for a day's work and walked away without seeing what anybody else was paid, I'd hazard to guess they would have walked away happy. They would have walked away grateful. The thing that made them grumble, the thing that made them mad, was not that they got paid, but that they saw what somebody else got paid. They compared And when they compared, they decided it was unfair. But he, being the landowner, replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. And then Jesus, through the voice and words of this landowner, gives us the clearest picture, I think, of what the kingdom of God is like He says, I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. I choose to give. I choose to give. I chose you. I chose to give you this job, to to give you this money, to give you this life, to give you this purpose, and I choose them in the exact same way. I choose to give. It is all a gift. None of it is earned. I choose to give. And then he goes on. He said, I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? Here's where it all comes together. Here is the totally unfair truth about the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, God pursues us relentlessly for a purpose by his grace. By his grace. By nothing but grace. None of us enter into the kingdom of God by our own effort none of us earn god's gifts by our own work no matter what time of day it was when god invited you in no matter how much work god has given you to do no longer no matter how long you have been doing it each and every one of us is here today because god has relentlessly pursued us relentlessly pursued me you the person sitting next to you all of us for a purpose by his grace. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, can we handle that? Can we be okay with that? Can, can we participate in that? Will we step in and stay in a system where the undeserving people get exactly what they do not deserve? Can we extend to others what they don't deserve because God has extended to us what we don't deserve. The kingdom of God really is unfair. And for the people who showed up at five o'clock, that's really good news. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've strayed, no matter how hard you have worked to keep God at an arm's distance or further, God will keep on pursuing you chasing after you, bringing you in and giving you a a purpose, showering you with his grace. If you want to wait to say yes to Jesus at the 11th hour, you need to know that the unfair truth of God's kingdom is that there is nothing you can do to make God love you any less. God pursues you relentlessly for a purpose by his grace. And for those of us who maybe showed up at 6 a.m., those of us who've worked hard, who've served diligently, those of us who have always been here, will always be here, there's, there's good news for us too. See, while well, the five o'clock people need to know that there's nothing that they can do to make God love them any less, well, we need to know, though we try to fight against it sometimes, There is nothing we can do to make God love us anymore. It's already way bigger than we can imagine. God pursues us relentlessly for a purpose by His grace. Jesus couldn't have been any more clear. In the kingdom of God, everyone is invited. The people who show up at six, the people who show up at nine, at noon, at three, and at five. People with baggage. People with regret. People with a past. And even us jerks who sometimes judge people with baggage and regret and a past. Everybody gets invited to the kingdom of God. And everybody gets paid the same. In the kingdom of God, God pursues us relentlessly for a purpose by His grace. It is totally unfair. And I'm so thankful for that. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxpres.org. That is is k-n-o-x-p-r-e-s.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.